Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Fred and Drell back with another episode of the Higher Hitting Fitness Podcast. This week, we're going to be discussing pre and postnatal health um, within the realm of exercise and fitness. Um, to help with that, we're going to bring on a special guest for you guys, um, and I'm going to let Jarrell go ahead and introduce our guest for you. Yeah, so we're yeah, so bringing on one of my you know, close friends, you know, uh, met her in high school and all that, and now she, over the years, she made some great strides, did a lot of good things. Um, <laughs> she's a doctor now, and she got a PhD. You know what I'm saying? Um, she has a PhD in health and sports pedagogy. That's a hard thing to say. <laughs> also, uh, I got her master's certified health education specialist. And recently, she just became uh, a doula, right? So let's everybody welcome. That's a little more than big strides, bro. That's That's, that's big, huge. Big that's huge. Yeah. That's, that's, that's big. <laughs> ah, my buddy, Miss Dr. Summer Davis. Woo, I feel like there should be like cheers or something. No, hey, when I, once I get the button, it's over. I'm hitting that button all the time. Sound effects, please. It's coming on. <laughs> so how well, you thank doing? you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Yes. My pleasure. I Health education is my specialty. So anytime that I have the opportunity to spread the knowledge, that's what I what I like to do. Um, I certainly don't consider myself a like a postpartum or a prenatal expert. However, I am a highly qualified, knowledgeable individual. So I don't like to use the word expert because I would leave the word expert up to like actual medical doctors, OBGYNs or if you are actually a postpartum fitness specialist, they do have those. Um, I'm not one of those, but like I said, I'm just highly educated um, and knowledgeable. And having two kids myself, I've been down this road many times. Um, well, two times, I guess not many, but two <laughs> times. Um, and so I've kind of been there. I've done my research when I was kind of in the thick of it, um, going through it with my kids. So I, yeah, so, I, so not only do you have the knowledge, but you also have the personal experience from a female's perspective, also actually physically going through it yourself. A lot more than a lot more knowledge than we have ourselves, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you know, for you guys, this will be very enlightening. Um, and any other male trainers who watch this and look at your content, hopefully, you know, this could at least open some doors to become more knowledgeable on this topic. Yes, definitely. most definitely. definitely. Even 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 just as a husband, or you know, um, you know, or, or counterpart, like just understanding what a woman is going through during prenatal care and all of that, and what the limitations are, or whatnot, is just a big difference of night and day when trying to be understanding or empathetic towards some of the stuff. Right. Absolutely. So before right. we before we get into the questions, like what what made you want to pursue um, getting your degree in health and sports and all the, you know, credentials that you have. 
so I took a couple different paths when I was going um, through college. I actually started off studying athletic training, um, and that kind of hit a dead-end roadblock. It wasn't for me, and that's when I went into public health education. Um, so that's actually what my bachelor's degree is in. And then um, I took a few years off from school, and when I went back to school to get my master's, I actually was just going back um, to get my master's to become a health and PE teacher because that was kind of, kind of, I felt like it was parallel to public health. And so I felt like that was still yeah. kind of in my realm of expertise. Um, and then as I was working on my master's um, at Old Dominion University, they started a doctoral program and they invited me to apply for it. Um, and I did, and I actually laughed in their face when they first told me about it. Um, <laughs> I was like, you're kidding. You think I'm gonna get my PhD? And then I did, so it just, yeah. <laughs> It was, it's, I've always had a passion for just education. I've always wanted to be a teacher in some shape, way, or form. And I just didn't know quite how to get there or how, where I wanted to end up um, until I went back for my master's degree and I got a taste of higher education. Um, and so that's why I, I teach at, I, I teach at three um, colleges and universities in uh, my area. So it was just being being an educator was really important to me and then making sure that I was aligning that with my passion for health education. Um, and then fitness just kind of intertwines right into health. You can't address health without addressing fitness um, and vice versa. You know, you can't talk about fitness without understanding how, how important it is for your health. And so everything just kind of aligned really good. Um, so I don't think it was anything intentional that I actually thought out to do. It just kind of happened and here I am. But go ahead. You can start, start, uh, start the question. I just wanted to ask that first before we got into everything. All right. All right. So um overall, how important is prenatal care um just in general for all women as far as uh staying exercising and staying healthier, you know, being cognizant of their fitness. So it is extremely important if you are, for women in particular, if you are not active during any other part of your life, um, to do it during pregnancy is crucial for you and the baby's health. Um, when you are, the biggest thing to understand though is that if you are coming from a background of having very little physical activity or very you have a very low fitness level, you shouldn't start a huge brand new workout regimen while you are pregnant. It's something that you should start even before you become pregnant to start helping your body get adjusted to whatever routine you are deciding to follow. But we know science. It's proven. We have lots, tons and tons of research that talks about how important physical activity and exercise are for our bodies. And that that is mirrored with as soon as you become pregnant and you are literally growing out of life inside of you, physical right. activity only helps, only helps with that. Um, oxygen, blood flow to the, to the baby, to you, the improved brain function, improved physical health overall. It just makes the pregnancy easier. It makes the pregnancy healthier, reduces the risk for certain um, pregnancy-related diseases like gestational diabetes or preeclampsia. Physical activity can help reduce all of that. So is it similar to just the same as it being overall healthy versus being not healthy? 
you know, just the more healthy you are, the better you are able to, you know, handle adjustments and disease and different fatigues and stuff like that. And okay. Um, Got you. All right. So now we got the prenatal. What about postnatal? Um, how, How important is that? So for for postpartum exercise and fitness, you have to listen to your body and listen to your doctors. Too many women try to jump right back into it. Um, A lot of women's biggest concerns usually, unfortunately, after they've had a baby is they want to lose the weight, right? They've gained Mm -hmm. weight during their pregnancy and they're like, I just want to lose this baby weight. You just grew an entire human being in your body. Like, give some grace, Right. Yes, it is important to try to get back into shape. However, listening to your bodies is also very important. Um, As far as health benefits go, in addition to all the other benefits of physical activity, postpartum physical activity, if you are suffering from postpartum depression, physical activity can help um, reduce some of those signs um, and just help, you know, we know that exercise releases serotonin in our brain. Serotonin mm-hmm. can actually help counteract depression. Um, and so if you are suffering from either postpartum depression or even just, they call it the baby blues, which is kind of like a very mild case of postpartum depression, right. Right. exercise can help with that. Um, and yes, obviously help get off some of that baby weight that you may have gained. <laughs> right. <clears throat> um, within that, so after, um, I mean, like you said, going to going to your doctor, or whatever. Like I have kids, your has kids. It's always six weeks. Is it? Is it always six weeks, or is it going to be based on each person? Because, like, from what I understand, or what what I've seen, is that most women they say, okay, well, I wait six weeks, and then they just go back to being whatever and trying to be as normal as they can and listen to their bodies, but should, should it still be, um, should they go to the doctor and find out for them in particular, or should it be based off of like, if they had, you know, if you had, um, uh, blood issues during pregnancy, or like you said, preeclampsia or like high, you know, high blood pressure, things like that, that caused the preeclampsia or, you know, causes from it, whatever. Um, you know, should those people, are, are those the only ones that need to go talk to their doctor or should all women, you know, prior to their last checkup or during their last checkup before getting back into exercise and see for themselves or, you know, particularly for them? So six weeks is usually the general rule of thumb for all women. And I do personally recommend talking to your OBGYN before you get back into like a regular workout routine. Um, and that's, so without trying to be too, too graphic, <laughs> externally, even so six weeks postpartum, let's say you're feeling pretty good and, you know, you're like, oh, I've stopped my postpartum bleeding, right? Because we know that happens. Mm-hmm. But inside of your uterus where the placenta was attached, about this big. So there is basically a hole that size that's inside of your uterus. It is. And that's why they recommend waiting up to six weeks, because even if you are feeling fine and maybe you have stopped like heavy bleeding, if that wound completely hasn't healed up, exercising can actually open that wound back up and cause um, some pretty serious damage and excessive blood loss that is not not good. So 
recommending going to see a doctor, yes. Now, if you've had a C-section, um, a cesarean section, you're most likely looking at more of eight to 12 weeks of recovery. Um, that's because it is a major abdominal surgery. Um, but if you've had a pretty uncomplicated vaginal birth, then six weeks, you should be good to go. Um, some doctors will ask or they should ask if you want them to actually do an exam um, to actually observe the size of where the placenta was attached. Um, some women opt to do that, um, maybe if they're having issues, or if you they have um, they have a list of questions to ask. And as long yes. as you answer accordingly to your doctor's questions, they'll tell you that you're free to start your physical activity regimen again. Now, do, um, I'm sorry, Gerald, but just random. Um, now, do doctors? I know, like doctors normally, like like as far as like nutrition and stuff like that, that they can't. Um, they can suggest things, but they can't tell you to do things or whatnot. So, like, how important is it for women to exercise? Not just you know whether they can or they can't, but what's the benefits of it outside of just your normal? Um, you know, you want to lose the weight or you want to be fit. Um, because I think that some people just choose not to. Like afterwards, like despite the six weeks or waiting the eight weeks or 12 weeks or whatever the case, they just they just get out of it completely. And then um, I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. The effects, like how important is it for particularly women who had just had a baby as far as like, does it slow their metabolism down or do they kind of, you know, um, whatever the case may be, is it negative effects particular for women who just had a baby who don't want to exercise? That's a good question. So we have one really big thing that y'all don't really have to deal with, and that's hormones. Um, and especially postpartum, um, if the woman is breastfeeding. Um, and our hormones can take up to a year to regulate after having a baby. Really? to fully regulate. Um, at about six months postpartum, they're usually kind of back to regular homeostasis, but it can take up to a year postpartum for our hormones to fight to fully regulate. And if you are breastfeeding, even after that, it can take even longer because there are certain hormones that are involved with breastfeeding that just take time to level out until you um, have completely weaned the baby. So in addition to, but as far as the health benefits go, the decrease in postpartum depression is a huge one, but even just general things like promoting better sleep. If you are not exerting enough energy during your day, you're not going to sleep as good at night, decreases in stress, and that kind of goes hand in hand with that release of serotonin in your brain um, that can help counteract that postpartum depression. It also helps relieve the stress. The stress um, hormone called cortisol. Cortisol can cause high blood pressure, heart disease, tons of other chronic diseases. And so by exercising and releasing that cortisol, you can help reduce some of those um, negative health implications of stress. And then just in general, overall mood, mood boost. Postpartum is a hard time for women. And yeah. if you can do anything to boost your mood, do it. Go for it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have, I'm not saying you have to go to the gym and lift weights and run, a, run 10 miles every day. A 10 minute walk around the block can do wonders for your overall mood and 
your health. The mental side. Yeah, not only just the physical, the mental part. Yeah, because I was thinking about it um, as you were talking, like, for women who, you know, who start getting into the, um, you know, like you said, the, the, the depressive states or, like, the just the, the blues parts of it, or just, like, a, you know, you're restless because of the baby up at night and things like that, just exercising in general or just getting some type of activity, it seems like it will help to, to, to that degree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, we about that. So, what what is there a recommended um, amount or whatever for prenatal, postnatal, um, like for the exercise regimen? Like, is there a certain like three days a week, three days a week? Is there like a specific <clears throat> duration? Yeah, it was just stages depending on where they're at. Um, you know, while they're pregnant and then after they give birth and stuff like that. How does that work? So I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news news is that there is only one number for all adults in the country, and that is 150 minutes a week. So that can break down into 30 minutes for five times a week, or Mm -hmm. you can break that into 10-minute increments throughout your day over seven days. But the recommendation for regardless of your sex, so male or female, postpartum, pre, like pregnancy wise, the recommendation nationwide for adults is 150 minutes a week. 150? Okay, so about three days. Okay, so about about three days a week, 50 minute sessions. Or, like I said, if you, a lot of people find that. Yeah, Yeah, 30. 30 minutes, saying 30 minutes five times a week is a little more digestible for some people, um, or even yeah. just breaking it down into 15-minute increments, you know, and say, oh, you got to do two 15-minute increments, you know, twice a day, because um, that could be on a lunch break. You eat your lunch, go for a 15-minute walk around the block, you come home, walk your dog for 15 minutes on the block, bam, there's your 30 minutes that day. But the bad news is that very few Americans get that amount of physical activity, let alone yeah pregnant pregnant women and postpartum women so the good news is there's only one number to understand it really doesn't matter where they're at in their pregnancy um as far as it doesn't matter if you're two months pregnant or nine months pregnant it's still 150 minutes recommended but the reality is that not intensity but just the intensity varies yes well so the intensity is going to vary based on what you have already done before you got pregnant. So let's say you were lifting weights three days a week and doing pretty heavy cardio two days a week prior to becoming pregnant. You can keep that exact same regimen as long as you are physically able to. Um, if Assuming you don't have any health complications like high blood pressure um, or you end up with placenta previa, which is just a condition where you are not supposed to be on your feet a lot. Um, as long as you don't have any of those conditions, and you have that workout routine prior to becoming pregnant, you can keep that exact same routine. Now, yeah. if you are completely sedentary and then you're like, oh, I'm pregnant, I should start to work out and get healthy. Talk to your doctors, like talk to yeah. your OBs, find a very introductory program to start with. And then as far as modifying intensity goes, as long as you are not feeling dizzy or lightheaded, um, and you're hydrating really well, there's really no, there's no reason to adjust the intensity as long as you're feeling fine. Gotcha. Oh, what about, what about as far as food? 
Um, because I had I had that question asked to me. So, do they need to do pregnant? Do well, I guess for both. For more so, I guess geared towards pre during pregnancy. If women, um, if they do, if they are working out and they're burning calories daily from their normal exercise. Do they need to increase their intake outside of? I mean, because they're exercising, or should they? Again, I'm. Um, I can't remember if uh, if that's something that the doctor already is making them do because of the because of the um, the extra nutrients that they need to have for the for for childbirth or during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But do they need to eat more? Well, yeah, do they need to eat more per se because they're still exercising and exerting their energy or burning those calories? Uh, this is like a two sided answer: yes and no. So, you know, the whole phrase, you're eating for two. Yeah. <laughs> that really only applies during your like second and half, towards the end of the second trimester into the third trimester. At the beginning of the pregnancy, you don't need to adjust calories at all. Um, gotcha. Some women, I mean, I was one of those people with my first, <laughs> with my first son. As soon as I was pregnant, I was like, "Woo, I'm eating for two!" Like, <laughs> yeah. And that that and it backfired. My face. Um, so with my second son, I definitely did not do that. Um, and a lot of women, you know, a lot of women do tend to, you know, give into lots of cravings, which is fine. You shouldn't punish yourself while you're pregnant. Right. right. Um, but as far as getting extra calories, if you've burned them off, I highly, highly, highly recommend, um, it's called a TDEE calculator. It stands for Total Daily Energy Calculator. Google it. Um, I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's a really great resource, um, for, particularly for women who are pregnant and breastfeeding. A lot of that's why I was asking. Yeah, a lot of women are actually under eating, um, and because of that, your metabolism will actually slow down. It's called metabolic adaptation. Um, your metabolism will have to slow down to adjust to what you're feeding it versus what you're burning. Um, and so the TDEE calculator actually takes into effect. It takes into account your physical activity level. So you put in there what your physical activity level is, your age, your sex. Um, and your current height and weight, and it tells you your recommended daily calorie intake. Um, it gives you a maintenance number, it gives you a cutting number, and it gives you a bulking number, and it wow. even puts the macronutrients down for you and to tell you what your recommended macros oh, wow. are. Oh, wow. That's really good. Yeah, that was really um, neat. Because I, I was asking because of the uh, because of the breastfeeding because that was the question that was asked because, you know, they're, I mean, especially women who are, like, pro breastfeeding and really concerned about it they really be concerned about their production levels and the nutrients within their production and all of that so cool that was that was really good yep so the recommended number is 500 calories um that you need extra um if you are breastfeeding and that's on average if you are feeding twins or if you um are just an oversupplier of milk you might need more calories than that but the general rule of thumb is 500 extra 500 calories a day um, to sustain breastfeeding. Now, um, and I guess I should say this, if you're using a calculator um, and you are breastfeeding, you actually use the maintenance number and you will lose weight based on that maintenance number. 
um, because that would include your breastfeeding calories. If you deduct 500 calories from your maintenance number, you're either going to lose your breast milk supply or your body is not going to let go of the weight that it's holding on to because it's going to think that you're depleting it of nutrients. And so using that maintenance number, if you are breastfeeding, is really important. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, no, that's not so good information. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, yeah, that's crazy. There's so much out there. There is. It's a very complex, complex world we live in with prepartum with or with prenatal and postpartum care. It's it's very tricky. Yeah, I mean, because, like, it's, it's real basic to say certain things. Like, should you exercise before pregnancy? It's like, yes. But should you excessively exercise? And how often did you exercise prior to that? And well, people don't ask those. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's why I asked about intensity, because not only for pregnant people, but if, it's, if your max for the week is 150 minutes per week, but you're at, you know, you're a relatively fit person, and your intensity level is extremely low during 75 minutes of those, is it really 150 or is it based off of the intensity? You know, so it's important to understand where you're at and engage it off of where you were prior to pregnancy and after um, giving birth because that that's kind of where it would dictate your intensity level. 100%, absolutely. Where, you're, where you started at and where you're at during pregnancy all kind of just depends on where you were at to begin with. Yeah. I, I would have, I did not even think about that, honestly. I mean, and I, I knew a little bit about it, you know, just from, you know, over the course of time knowing, you know, uh, having kids on my own and then knowing what I know about fitness and whatnot, but I didn't even think of, think about <clears throat> the fact that, you know, where they are prior to becoming pregnant, you know, just the thought about, okay, well, I'm going to, because your body starts going through those changes, you know, so it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you have a, like a, a recommended list of exercises um, for, you know, females who just given birth um, to help start getting them back on track of getting back into a routine or whatnot and not overdoing it? So, yes, actually. They're, so, I'm going to throw out a, another fancy word, okay? Um, it's called diastasis recti. Um, and that's Diastasis recti. Diastasis recti. Mm -hmm. And those are fancy words for abdominal muscle separation. For hernias, to help with hernias. And so, it's... You're... It's pretty much just referring to your um, rectus abdominis muscles that run right down, you know, the ones that run like oh. your abs. When women are pregnant, sometimes those muscles can actually completely separate right. and not go back together after, after giving birth. And so there um, are certain exercises to avoid if you have that. And then there are certain exercises to do if you suspect that you have that or just any postpartum mom in general, because it can help with um, your core strength. And that's one of our biggest things that, you know, gets damaged while we are pregnant is our core strength, because that's where the baby grows. And that's right. what 
destroyed. <laughs> um, when yeah, my, my son's mom had to have surgery on in that um, for that same reason, because because uh, it spread. And, but we were young, you know. I was a teenage parent, so we were exercising. We both were in track and whatnot. So when she got pregnant, um, I was out of high school then, but we both were, you know, active prior to. So we we were still going to the track when she was pregnant, you know, through her first trimester easily. And, uh, and we, there was no limitations on, it was just whatever she could do, she did, you know, we didn't think nothing of, you know, actually, um, you know, gauging where you are, pushing yourself to what limit or what exercises you should and shouldn't be doing. No idea. So she, you said she had to have surgery to get her abdominal repaired. Yep. That's like worst case scenario. I mean, I'm, it's good that she got it repaired. Um, and yeah, I mean, that could have been for other issues. This is, I'm pretty sure she had the surgery a couple years later, but I know that when we had him, it was a, she had a doctor's appointment, you know, relatively, you know, during one of her checkups. And it was that, you know, she had, you know, separation in her abs. I don't remember. It was, my son is 15. So this is 15. <laughs> yeah. So this is 15, 15, 15 years ago. And I'm not an expert by a long shot. So I'm trying to remember specifically. So. So you was a baby having a baby, okay. I was I was 19. Yeah, I was 19. Yeah, I was young. So um, uh, it makes me feel old. I don't want to say that again during this episode, please. It's, like, <laughs> it's going to be forever out there. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. um, so yes, as far I, as recommended exercise sizes go, though, for any woman postpartum, even before you hit that six-week mark, there's these are exercises that you can do at, like the day you get out of the hospital, you can start doing some of these exercises. Um, the first one is called a bird dog. So I don't know if you have, uh, it's kind of a yoga pose, but it's, you can do it also on an exercise ball. Um, you're basically on in a tabletop position, all fours, and you just stretch out opposite arm to opposite leg. Um, and you just alternate that holding it for, you know, five to 10 seconds. If you need that extra course, that core support, um, early, early postpartum, you can do it on an exercise ball. Um, but if you feeling, if you're feeling fine, if you're not in any pain, um, you don't have to use the, the exercise ball. There's some breathing exercises. It's called diaphragmatic breathing. Um, it's just fancy words for deep breathing. You actually lay flat on your back while doing it and have one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach and breathe slowly in through your nose, hold it for about 10 seconds, and then slowly blow it out. What you should feel is that your stomach should actually be rising and falling, but your chest should right. not be. And right. that that determines that you're um, actually engaging your diaphragm and your core when you're breathing versus breathing in through your chest um, and having your lungs just expand because you want to engage the core, you want to use your diaphragm. Um, some other exercises, um, toe taps, so laying flat on your back, having your feet up like in tabletop position and tapping one toe at a time. Um, that's really good for rebuilding that core because what you're trying to do is rebuild your core muscles. Um, so exercises to avoid though, you do not want to do any planks. You do not want to do any just regular crunches or like re regular oh, crunches, yeah. reverse crunches. That can actually cause the abdominal separation to get worse. 
Mm. So like, it, yeah. So if you have like a female client and they're postpartum and you know, if they're talking about, Oh, I've just got this baby pudge or I've got this pouch. It may not be a patch. It may not be a pouch of fat at all. It actually might be their internal organs coming out because they have mm. di. And a lot, yeah, of women, a lot of women don't understand that. Mm. See a pelvic floor therapist. They are a real thing and they are a godsend to women postpartum. Um, any woman who suspects that they have this that condition, diastasis recti, we just normally call it DR. Um, if they think they have DR, your insurance will cover it. It's called a pelvic floor therapist. They will help coach you back to close that gap in the muscles and to rebuild your core strength. Um, they're, they're amazing. I wish I would have known about it before I did because I never went, but I wish I did. There's so much to it. What about the, what about cardio? Um, yeah, like not, not, I mean, I understand that cardio is going to be good, but um, what about treadmill versus uh, elliptical or like stair climbers that people use? Any of the more strenuous ones should um, should pregnant women avoid? So it's all gonna go back to that. How Me does too. you feel? And how well? How does your body feel? Do you need lower impact? Um, you know, because there's ellipticals are very low impact. So if you're having yeah. If you're feeling uncomfortable or if you're, I mean, also just the further along in a pregnancy you get, that belly hangs and that belly is heavy, okay? And if you need that extra support, um, swimming, if you know how to swim, swimming is a phenomenal exercise for a pregnant woman. If you have access to a pool, um, it'll help relieve all the pain in your joints. Um, And it's good cardio as well if you are, if you know how to swim. Um, But Oh, there's some there's some exercises in the water they can do too. Yeah. Listening to your body though, and if your knees are feeling it or your ankles are feeling it, um, don't do it. Like I know that phrase, no pain, no gain. That's that's kind of BS because if it hurts, you shouldn't do it. Right. But like there's say, point- that, say that again for the people in the back that, that was <laughs> right. Like no pain, no gain is BS. <laughs> like it should not hurt. Yes, you need to push yourself past your limits if you're trying to improve your fitness and health. But if, especially when we're talking about pregnant women, this is a vulnerable population. If it hurts, stop doing it. Like there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Oh, I can push through. No, if it hurts, stop it. Like just stop. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, that's, and yeah. should, should, but when you say that, should um, should pregnant women be trying to improve their overall health, or should they just be trying to? Like you said, to stay where they were prior to the pregnancy. My phrase for that is going to be talk to your doctor because some doctors will recommend trying to lose weight during a pregnancy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah I guess so. Some, some doctors. Other yeah. doctors will just say maintenance, 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 maintenance. Like, ma- yeah. like trying to gain weight during your pregnancy. Um, versus trying to lose weight. So my answer to that is talk to your doctor. If your OBGYN recommends you trying to lose some weight, they better be able to prescribe you a good program, um, a safe and healthy one. If not, just, yeah, listen to your doctors. Gotcha. So we have have a time, like, especially those who are in the later stages of pregnancy, 
that you know they're told won't you know won't be, be out. Is there a such thing as too much walking? Nope. The only thing that's really bad um, is too much standing and laying down flat on your back. So when you stand for long periods of time, so just standing there. So like imagine if you were maybe a cashier and you just stood there. Right. Um, blood can actually pool in your feet and in your legs and can cause your blood pressure to drop, which can cause maybe some distress. And then once you do start moving again, um, your blood pressure can spike, which could actually cause you to pass out. Um, that's like worst case scenario, but, and then laying down flat on your back, once the baby gets some weight to it. So early, early on, it's really not that much of an issue, but once you hit like your second trimester and you've got, I mean, think of all the fluid, not just the baby, but all the fluid that is in there. Um, if you lay flat on your back, the baby can actually compress. Um, there's a vein that runs kind of down behind your uterus. Um, and you can compress that vein and cut off blood flow to the baby. Oh, wow. So if you, um, a lot of gyms will have um, wedges for pregnant women to do like mm -hmm. that work. So like if you wanted to do sit-ups, that's fine. But you need to start from an already inclined position so that you're right. not putting all that pressure on the baby. Jesus. But as far as excessive walking goes, there's really not no such thing as too much walking um, as long as you are comfortable with it. If your body is saying it's okay, you can continue doing it. Now, am I saying go on the Boston Marathon? Probably not, especially not if you're like not pregnant, right? Um, you have to stay hydrated and stay nourished. So if you are working out excessively or even walking a lot and you're not nourishing your body and your baby and you're not hydrating, then yes, that can cause complications. But if you're hydrated and you're eating and you're eating healthy and getting enough calories for you and the baby, um, there should be no issue with lots of walking at the end of pregnancy. Walk, walk, walk. And to, to, to finish up, what is the benefits of using a doula since you just got, you know, certified or whatever in it? Like, why should females consider using a doula instead of, you know, the traditional route? So I'm so glad you asked that. And this actually can be intertwined with fitness as well. So I'll start with saying, kind of linking birth and fitness. If you are planning on having a natural vaginal birth, so meaning you know you don't have to have a C-section, meaning you are going to labor and push this baby out of your body, you need stamina. Um, some women are blessed and highly favored, and they're only in labor for like four to five hours. They can kick rocks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. Most women on average are in labor for like 10 to 24 hours. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You're um, so hungry, you can't eat. Is, I had a double cheese. Ice chips, right? Popsicle, baby. <laughs> oh, I was talking. I was talking about me. I oh, you were hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Like man, I had one double cheeseburger. My first time. I was sitting there like this, like with a foot in my hand and a double cheeseburger in the other hand. Oh. I was back in the nine healthy days. I was a kid though, so it's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Um, so you need stamina if you are preparing to give birth. Um, having a having good core strength. Your core strength is what is really going to help push this baby out of your body. Um, and so making sure that you are including core um, strengthening into your exercise regimen. And this, again, should be done prior to pregnancy as well as during pregnancy. You can still continue practicing um, engaging your core and strengthening your core. Um, but the way that a doula kind of comes into all of this is doulas are a little bit more holistic than some, than like medical birth workers. Um, so a doula is a professional birth coach, if, if you're not familiar with what that is. So we are not a medical professional as far as birthing goes. We are a certified professional labor support person. Um, we are trained in ways to comfort, um, comfort during labor, to educate the birthing family about different positions to labor in, um, for different pushing positions and just different comfort measures. And so you will still have a doctor or a, a certified nurse midwife um, on your team of birthing um, experts. Um, even if you're planning for a home birth, you still have to have a certified nurse midwife there who is an actual medical professional. Um, they take care of all the medical side of it. Whereas the doula, we focus on the comfort aspect and the relaxation and just trying to get the baby out. Um, the midwife's pretty much there to just catch. Like that's, that's pretty much what they do. Um, the, the moms and the, the doulas are kind of do everything else. Um, but a doula can help shorten your birth, um, your shorten your labor by like 30%. Um, really? Mm -hmm. And it's because we're trained in ways to help labor progress. So if you've been in labor oh, okay. four, five, six hours, and you feel like you're kind of stalled out, we can suggest different, um, different techniques, different positions to get in that can help that baby kind of come down further in the birth canal and can increase, um, increase your progression through labor. That's the way to advertise being a doula. I think if I think if everybody knew that it cut labor time down thirty percent, I think people would be like, oh, I'm really. <laughs> it's okay. I would. I'd be like, yo, babe, we need we need a doula because uh, last time I didn't get to eat for the fourteen hours. <laughs> fourteen hours. The other thing doulas can do is provide support for the partner as well, and that's something that I try to yeah. advertise is that. Yes, I'm there for the birthing person themselves, but also their partner, because if you're in a long labor, the partner needs to feel supported as well. So yeah, whether that's the dad or the wife, whoever is there, whoever is there to be their, their support part person, the doula can help support them too and say, hey, you've been at this for a while. Why don't you go take a break? I'll take over for a while. Um, and so it can really help the, the partner get re-energized to come back yeah, and be that that's a real thing. And be that support person for the for the person who is having the baby. Um, it can having a doula also reduces your risk of a C-section, um, and that's just because again we are trained in ways to get the baby to come out of the body naturally. And again, this is assuming your ba baby is not breached or there is no medical complications. Um, some women, unfortunately, do have. Um, if the baby is breech or if they have placenta previa, which means that the placenta is actually blocking the exit to the uterus. Yeah. Unfortunately, those women have to have a C-section. Um, but birth doulas can also help with that because there are certain 
things that you can ask for in the hospital if you were having a planned C-section. You can ask for different types of drugs that'll make you non-drowsy. You can ask so that you can be awake during the C-section. Obviously you'll be numb, but you can ask to not be put to sleep. You can ask to have a clear screen put up so you can see the baby come out if you wish. Um, some women don't want that and that's fine, but the problem is that women are unfortunately not always educated from their OBGYNs about their options. And that's one of the great uh, things that Lula does is educate. We educate, empower, and we comfort. And so- Yeah, I didn't know about the clear screen. That's cool. Because I, I I got to see everything. I, like- I didn't you know, look. For my, for my, my daughter, I, I sat I sat right at the waistline and they had the little blue screen up and I could see you know, everything on one side. Mm -hmm. And I could see her and I was having a full conversation with her while her stomach was, you know, on top of the little white piece of paper. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is wild. Hospitals <laughs> should. Now, I, I can't guarantee it, but hospitals should have a clear screen. Um, yeah, that's that women, cool. But they have to request it. And that's... Yeah, yeah. So that's even, ladies, even if you have to have a C-section, talk to a birth doula about asking them, you know, well, what do you recommend that I ask for? Um, creating a postpartum plan for after you've had a C-section, um, a doula can help with that as well. So the, the, the biggest things for advantages for having a doula is the decrease in the labor time, the decreased risk for cesarean sections, and just having that extra support there. The fact that we are we are trained on how to get this baby out of your body. Like, why would you not want that help, right? Like, <laughs> right. why would you not want it? So, I wish I would have known. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't know about that when I was having kids. That would have been great to know. I didn't know I mean, about it. Like, until just I had the, my first son, and he's really? um, and he's and he's four. So I just found out about it a couple years ago. Yeah, just the stress of it for the like for me, you know, being the teenage father, like it was stressful. Like, cause she didn't, you know, she was young too, so she was like taking it out all on me the whole time. And like, I remember her grandmother. Her grandmother was like, you know, it's okay, you know. And I'm like, yo, this is a lot, <laughs> you know, cause it was just like ten hours of it's your fault. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I definitely would have used the doula, cause. Uh, you know, I mean, but honestly, just not knowing half of the stuff and 30% labor right. time decrease. That's, and that's, a, that's best case scenario. So that's like, well, yeah, I mean, but in, in, <laughs> it may not be exactly you know that, but definitely shortens labor time. Even if it's 5%, that's 5% better when you waiting to eat food. <laughs> if you've been in labor for 30 hours, imagine that only, imagine that dropping down to 20 hours or even, you know, yeah. that's, Dang, 30 hours. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's when they don't have a C-section, it's it's a long time. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, remember, my man. oldest my oldest son, it was we was there Fourth of July until we was there from the Fourth of July until the Sixth of July. He was born on the sixth, so we was there for like twenty four hours. It was ridiculous. Like I was like, yo, all right, somebody got to like do something here because <laughs> it was like we was there, but it it takes that long, I guess. But had had we known, you know, she had coaching and not just because we went to Lamaze classes and whatnot, but it's it's not nowhere near the it's not that in depth, you know, it's like I like breathe, you know, but it wasn't really, you know, somebody actually teaching her like, hey, if you do this or if you lie in this position, um, you know, try this out, you know, and somebody actually talking her through it and actually knowing real techniques. 
you know, it would have been a <laughs> night and day difference. Yep. Lamaze classes are fantastic. And I, even if you're having a doula, um, I still recommend going to at least one Lamaze class, but that all kind of goes out the window when you're in the moment and you're in labor. <laughs> it, like in one year, out the other, like what, what did I learn, you know, four weeks, five, six weeks ago. Like, and so that's why having that, that some extra support person there, your both your birth doula, like it can really just help help things go along because you and your the person having the baby are probably not going to be in the right mindset to be like, wait, what did our Lamas coach say? Like, <laughs> nah, that not, yeah. not at all. Yeah, no. Yeah, I never, we never, well, I think I was, I was deployed. Well, well majority of one pregnancy, I got back right when she was Right before she was about to give birth. Oh wow! And the other one, I think I was gone the majority of the time too. So, <laughs> so, so I've never had. I never went to any like mom's class. I don't remember if she went. I don't even know if she did. No. Um, so I was just in there, just just winging it. I don't know what's going on with the hair. So people don't be like me. Right? <laughs> so go in there, get you get to somebody, learn. So you could be better prepared because birth is better with a doula. So get get you a birth. Right. Get y'all right. doula, man. Get you a doula. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was this was great. This was very educational. Yeah, I didn't know 95% of this. So uh <laughs> if, you need to, if you want me to, you know, if you need to go back and rewatch it, take notes, you know, if you have any questions. Definitely. Yeah, a lot of stuff is eye-opening, things that you don't think about. I mean, a lot of things that, you know, you've heard before or whatnot is kind of validation or a little bit more in-depth on it. But some of the, some of the stuff is you have no idea. You know, you you wouldn't even, like I say, I wouldn't even have thought, and it's something so basic as to what what was your level prior to pregnancy. I wouldn't even have thought of that. You know, and that's something simple. So I, I imagine a lot of people are going to be, um, I'm gonna be uh, blown away. Well, I'm I'm glad I was able to shed some light on this, you know, this topic, and it's it's something that I've just recently been passionate about since I've my youngest is only um, 17 months old, um, and with my first son who's four, I struggled a lot with with my physical activity during pregnancy and with my eating habits, and it really caught up to me. So my second pregnancy was much healthier. I was much more active. Um, I probably worked out four to five times a week until COVID hit. Um, and then when everything shut down, so did I. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was, I think it was, I mean, I was really fine. They said everything closed, so. <laughs> it was just, I wasn't prepared for, I wasn't prepared to work out at home. And with having a, a toddler who was only, you know, three at the time, working out at home and while eight months pregnant was just not happening. And so, um, and then once I had him and I really started to do my research into postpartum fitness, and I realized that there was a lot of bad information out there. Um, and there's also just a lot of uneducated women who think that, you know, this pooch that they have is fat and it's really their internal organs coming out of their body. And they're yeah. like, Oh, I got to get rid of it. And I'm like, honey, that's your, that's your uterus. Like that's not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> You know, so it's just I'm. You need you, you kind of need that. Yeah. I just encourage women to 
talk to their doctors um, and find find a support group online. Facebook has millions of groups. So if you're not on Facebook, find some other virtual you know group to meet with. That's um, a group of moms that has a postpartum fitness expert in it. Um, they're out there. You just kind of have to find them and look for them. That's great. Hey, did you have any uh, anything else you wanted to, to ask her before we uh, or say before we wrap it up? Um, no, nope, no. But I feel like she uh, gave us a lot of information that we wouldn't have. Uh, that's really good for a lot of different people to um to hear, especially for like people in our shoes as just regular fathers, people that's exercising. Um, you know, or personal trainers that have clients that are pregnant or pregnant women themselves. Is just really good information for every for everybody that's involved because, you know, for us, uh, you know, just understanding what your client is going through, you know, even if you are going to still have to go defer to the doctor, just understanding that they need to defer to the doctor or understanding to tell them to defer to the doctor right. um, mm-hmm. is important. And understanding, you know, like, uh, yeah, you can walk and whatnot, um, you know, things like, like, like you said, the bad information that's out there, you know, a lot of people go off of it because it's been said over and over and over. You, you, you know, you begin to believe it and think of it as second nature. So you know, I, I feel like uh had a lot of really good topics and um and I feel I feel more educated now, you know, going forward. It makes me really uh think twice about a lot of different things. That warms my heart. That was the- <laughs> <laughs> that was her goal. That was the goal. <laughs> Do you, do you have, uh, Dr. Davis, do you have any uh, final remarks or anything you want to say? Nope. Just listen to your body. Listen to your doctors. Be active. Um, stay healthy. You know, like that's that's the main goal. Healthy, healthy pregnancy, healthy baby, you know, healthy mom, healthy baby. So you got to, pregnancy is important and you got to focus on yourself a little bit. Um, a lot of it, you know, yeah, say, yeah. a lot, you got to focus mm-hmm. on yourself a lot of it during this, um, and just get yourself a, get yourself a doula and, you know, stay healthy. Get you a doula. Yep. You heard it here from, heard from a doctor. All right. <laughs> but listen, but thank you for coming on and educating all of us because we appreciate you. Definitely very informative and Everybody who watches this is going to learn a lot. Not even a lot. Okay, so much appreciated. Um, we'll be have you on more often to pick your brain. More. <laughs> have to come up with some more topics. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure that that shouldn't be hard. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm a wealth of knowledge. I know a lot about a lot of random things and a little about something. So just gotta, <laughs> gotta find your niche. That's it, but we appreciate thank it. No, thank you for, for, for sharing. Anytime. Take care. All righty, man. Yeah, no, we learned a lot. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Um, like I said, a lot of things that, like you already know how I, I say things are cliche or, you know, everybody say them. So, you know, they become like common phrases almost. Like a lot of it be bullshit. You know, a lot of it people really will just take little, little bit of information and they run with it and don't take the time to understand. And we've all been victim to it, obviously, because 
again, half of the stuff that she said, um, I knew a lot because like, being, like I was a teenage father. So for me, I um I read everything. Like I, I had so many different little magazines and stuff I would read and whatnot. So I wanted to know. And then um because my first son, um, like different little things, different complications or whatnot, um, I had to know more in depth on certain things or whatever. So I knew a lot of it. But again, like I didn't know limitations. I didn't know that the amount of exercise that went in beforehand, you know, things like that, that, you know, I thought I was pretty knowledgeable about, um, especially um, prenatal healthcare. I thought mm-hmm. that's why I, I wanted to ask certain questions that um, I wanted more in-depth answers on postnatal, but even then I was still enlightened, even though I already did my own research. So it was, it was a definitely enlightening. I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of people are really going to be able to, uh, be able to take something from, um, from everything that she, uh, that she talked about today. Definitely, definitely. Um, and there's still so much information in here. So you got to rewatch the video. Or if you wasn't you know, you, you're taking notes, good for you. If you wasn't taking notes, rewatch this video and take notes. Um, and apply it. Yes, and apply it. Okay. No, don't, you know, this is 2021. There's really no reason to be winging it anymore. This out there, um, and we just had a doctor out here. All right, so right. take that from me. Don't you? You ain't got to take that from me. You must take it from her. All right. Any again topics and things that uh, you guys want to know about or want more in um, in depth knowledge about? You know, uh, comment, um, reach out, let us know, and we'll try to um, include the topic or the question at some point, and. Um, and yeah, that we can, we want to give back to everybody. So that means actually listening to what people want and answering questions that people have. It doesn't matter how basic it may seem or, you know, it may seem like, you know, you already know the answer, but you kind of just want to expound it on, you know, reach out, ask us about it. Definitely. And if we don't know, we will find somebody who knows. We'll do the research and we'll, and we'll find out. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely get you the answer. This sure. is all in the round. Like we don't, we don't just stick with you know one type of you know fitness or you know health related topics. Nah, we, we want you wherever you're at. We want you to be educated and healthy, and you know be able to move forward. And, you know, know what what limitation or or uh, you know what you your going to be able to do at whatever level you're at. Um, so, yeah, this is good. This, we actually, you know, we try to keep it, you know, a little shorter. Oh, yeah. We went longer than usual, but it's very informative. So, you're welcome. All right. Yeah, or if, you can always hit pause and go do what you got to do, take your shower. Yeah, eat. For later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, then re, you know, finish watching it at another time, but. This is definitely like this is great. Um, so look forward to more videos like this. Like we we the health and wellness coaches here. We need everything in here, and we know that you know prenatal postnatal exercising is not a topic that you know spoke about a lot, um, and a lot of people just wing it and. Hair, hair say, oh, well, you need to do this and that from, you know, 
friends or family or girls who went through it at that time because they're just, they're just telling them their experience that maybe that maybe a bad thing. Um, right. And men, 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 we all need to listen and pay attention to, even if it's just your 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 spouse or somebody that you know or your friend that's going through it. It's just good to know certain stuff so we don't be the asshole that's not understanding of what you know women have to go through during pre and um, postnatal health care or um, physical fitness or whatever their exercise regimen is or whatever it may be. It's a it's a lot to it as you would have. Uh, learn from this uh this episode so we gonna see y'all next week with another podcast for y'all um like comment um support us in any way you see fit and uh we'll holla at y'all that's it peace uh is it hard to find someone to believe in you where all them flaws of demons in you to believe in me uh is it hard to find someone to believe in you? Where all them flaws of demons in you? To believe in me.